Hello, and welcome to The Weekend Starts on Wednesday. Welcome back to another episode of The Weekend Starts on Wednesday. My name is Patrick Arias, and it is my pleasure to be your tour guide as we break down and discuss this weekend's hot picks and bold predictions. We are dedicated to covering all the best sporting events taking place from Wednesday to Sunday, and this weekend is a little different. We will be covering the best sporting events taking place from Thursday to Monday. So we hope that you enjoy the 171st episode. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Andres the Cavalier King. Tonight, Bryant, First Prize Flores, and Champagne Chauncey could not be with us. So the originals, the OGs, Andres and myself, we will hold it down. We have all the best picks coming up for you for this weekend's entertainment. But first, we like to start off every show with a hero or a headline extremely close and extremely dear to our hearts. And it doesn't get any more close or any more dear to our hearts than when Andres, the betting man, hits a bet. And congratulations to you, Andres. On Monday night, you took the over for UGA, the Georgia Bulldogs, versus the TCU Horn Frogs. You took the over to hit in the college football national title game. And what happened um, that night? What happened Monday night? It was a blowout. I mean, UGA, the University of Georgia, go dogs. They covered the over by themselves, Patrick. They put up how many points that night? 65? Yeah. I think the over was like 52. No, it was like 61 and a half. They yeah. covered by themselves. They didn't even need any help. Uh, unfortunately, though, I also took uh, the Hypno Toad and TCU on a different parlay that I was, I was, I should have cashed out. But you know what? I don't cash out. I let it ride. It was $15, whatever. No big deal. But I should have, should have known, known better, but. It is what it is. I still made money on the over. That's where I knew the the, the money maker was at, and the breadwinner. Um, in fact, I think I think they covered it by halftime. Honestly, I'm well, yeah. not really, but it was pretty much it was pretty much there. The game was boring. I didn't care. What a waste of a game. What a waste of a national championship. But we'll talk about that later, Pat. I'm glad it's just the two of us. It's me and you, and you and me, and that's all we need, baby. Yeah. So congratulations to the Georgia Bulldogs, first ever back to back champions in the college football playoff um, system. So you you are in full um, agreement with a twelve team playoff, is that correct? It, it, it needs to happen. Look, it, it, it's un, it's mind boggling. It's unbelievable to know that uh, one double or sorry one A, which is uh, you know college football in general, but Division One is the only Division One football is the only playoff system that doesn't have uh, sixty four teams or a playoff bracket of twenty or more. Whereas Division One AA football has it, Division Two has it, Division Three. So they need to up it up. They need to have sixteen team playoffs, twenty team playoffs. I don't really <laughs> care, but this notion of four teams is not enough. We need the action. They know they're going to get all the money in the world if they expand it. Uh, everybody would be watching this, including us degenerates. But when you open it up to at least sixteen teams. It, it begs the question, okay, now who's going to be the best? But now how many, who's going to come up? How many weeks would that? How many weeks would those teams play? Four more, four more extra games. Figure it out. If, you know, you're, you're preparing them for the NFL, for those that do play in the NFL, because the NFL is at 18 weeks already, and that's mm-hmm. not including playoffs. College football right now, I think, is at 12 weeks. So what's another four to 16 total? You're prepping them to go to the next level. I don't see any issues. The fact that these kids are now getting paid – for their NIL, you know, yeah. their image and likeness. Now, again, it's more exposure, right? It's it's extra games. It's more exposure. They get their get their name out. They get their image out. I would want if I'm a, a college football player. Hey, let's go. Let's get there. And now it also forces the teams in the top sixteen. You know, before it was only four. So those you know top five and beyond. They're star players that didn't play because they were afraid of getting hurt. So now there's no excuse. Now you have a right to play in a national championship game. Now you're not going to have your star-studded athletes saying, hey, you know what, I'm going to sit this one out. No, every game matters, especially in your top 16. So now you have a chance to win a, a national championship. So, you know, it defeats the, the stigma of like, oh, I don't want to get hurt. Oh, I don't want to ruin my chances. I'm not making the, the NFL yeah, combine yeah. or whatever. Yeah. 
It doesn't matter. It doesn't mean anything. Because then you have to participate. Correct. Um, missing, missing, missing games because you're afraid of getting hurt. That's not prepping you for the NFL because no one cares how many times you bench press. Nobody cares how many times you squat. They want to see your film. They want to know. So to me, I take it as more advantage of like, hey, you know what? It's an extra game for me to play. If I haven't had a great season, this is the time to shine yeah. right before the NFL combine. Like Jared Goff, where he didn't. Jerry Goff threw like seven touchdowns in his bowl game, and then he ended up getting drafted number one overall. And before that bowl yeah, game, what well, now well, he's, I mean, he's good now, but it took him a while. Yeah, well, took him a while. Okay, so earlier in our text message thread with the other guys, I said I have the perfect solution, and I'll present it on tonight's show. And we've seen it already in the NFL. What if they just take the NFL's seven-team playoff model, where they get the top seven teams – and the first overall team gets the bye, and then the other six teams play, and then the number one seed plays the lowest ranking seed left, and then that's it all kicks off. So you're adding three more teams, in which case this year it could have what been maybe USC, Alabama, and what Clemson, or even Notre Dame, or like, you know what I mean? Like it, it would have added a few more teams and it would have been a couple more games. And I, I, I feel like it's the perfect solution because the NFL has already started doing it and it gives the college football, um, you know, landscape something to model because we've already seen it as successful. I mean, is, is that, that's a good start in my opinion. Um, yeah, I think it's a great start. I think you're right, Pat. You should be running. You should send your resume and be part of the that, college football committee. And, and <laughs> I mean, it's it's nothing crazy. It's it's a few more teams, and you know, and that the the beat writer that Flores was talking about. I mean, he did have a point in when saying like um, more teams creates the opportunity for the big dogs to go down if they have one bad game. But at the same time, isn't that what college sports has always been about? It's always about, you know, any given Sunday or any given day to, for anybody to, to prove themselves on the field, right? You yeah. have to still show up and make a difference or, you know, a, a, a fight. You know, we didn't see that, unfortunately, with TCU this weekend or on Monday. But, you know, to each their own, they still, they still fought their way to get there. They still beat teams to get there. Uh, but if you have a playoff, you know, expand the playoffs, man. It's literally anybody's ballgame, Pat. All you have to do is get into the playoffs and the rest – you know, who knows what could happen, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So the Thunder Frogs of TCU, they still remain the Under Frogs. I'm sorry. I call them Thunder Frogs. The Under Frogs, the TCU Under Frogs are still just that um, today. So, but still congratulations to TCU for a pretty good season. I mean, very solid season. They, they had one loss um, the entire year prior to Monday's game. So I'm actually going to kick it over to you, Andres. You had a, a hero that was soccer-related, or was it a headline? Yeah, the, the, the hero to me is going to be uh, Gareth Bale. He retired from the from the soccer world, uh, professionally and international play. The guy's a stud. I mean, he came from a small country in Wales. Didn't think he'd amount to anything. But he's a five-time Champions League winner. He's a four-time FIFA Club World Cup winner with uh, Real Madrid. Uh, he's participated in two World Cups with Wales, got him to, you know, uh, into the World Cup, which, I, you know, prior to that, I don't know when the last time they went to the World Cup. Three-time Spanish champion with Real Madrid. Mm -hmm. uh, also an English League Cup winner back in OA with your favorite English team, Tottenham Hotspurs. Uh, you know, he was a six-time footballer of the year in Wales. What does that mean? Nothing, because there's no real competition in Wales and no better player than him. Uh, he's, but he also was the hero and the, the saving grace for LAFC <laughs> and the first MLS championship. So this guy is going to go down as one of the greats, probably one of the most underrated players of all time. Uh -huh. But he does, uh, he, when it mattered most, this guy was a gamer. This guy was a, a complete game changer. And it's crazy to know that he really, you know, was, was he, he knew when to turn on, even coming off the bench. And to me, that's that's a big thing if you're able to make a difference in a game coming off the bench oh, with yeah. less than 15 minutes left in the game and making an impact. So the fact that this guy did it day in, day out, everywhere he went, shows the kind of caliber player that he is. So my hat's off to Gareth Bale. Thank you for bringing LAFC a championship because without you, we'd probably still sitting with zero in our back pockets. But I feel like he was... 
I feel like he was okay with coming off the bench for LAFC because he was already so accomplished. So mm -hmm. like he was not embarrassed to be a bench player, you know, like he was already so accomplished and he was willing to do that for his team. And I'm kind of like alluding to what, you know, what's going on with the Lakers with Russell Westbrook, you know, coming off the bench and being that, that spark plug ever since they, they did that with him, the Lakers have improved, you know, not dramatically, but they've improved a little bit, but we'll get into the Lakers later on in the show. But it's, but it's, you know, it's, it's funny you mentioned that, right? Like, no, forget about the spark plug. It's the fact that he knows how to be a, uh, a team player, right? He swallowed his ego. He's like, you know what? This isn't about me. This is about the team. And that's what you need. And, and unfortunately, a lot of professional sports teams, everybody thinks that they're that the next, you know, prima donna, they're, mm -hmm. they're the superstar, and they don't play for the team. So, you know, it only adds to the character of, of Gareth Bale. Yeah, and um, that brings me to my next headline. Um, guess who is no longer a part of any team right now? Um, Bauer, your boy, was cut oh, officially. Yeah, well, it's official. Yeah. The Dodgers I mean, released him, or they, they, they optioned him off, or whatever it is. He's no longer going to be playing for the Dodgers, but the Dodgers are still going to pay $22 million for. If you're going to pay him, shouldn't you keep him? You need an extra arm in the bullpen. He, he was found not guilty in the court of law. He, he took his, you know, lashings and was innocent throughout the whole process. I think this is the biggest mistake in Dodgers, you know, right now within the organization. So uh, put on I, your, I don't know, Pat, put on you your tinfoil hat and let me hear the conspiracy as to why the Dodgers released Trevor Bauer. Like if he was found not guilty and they're still going to pay him, what is the conspiracy why he was released? I, well, he must, he must have pissed somebody off. He probably has dirty pictures of, of uh, the general manager behind closed doors. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't. I honestly, I'm trying to think long and hard of what it is. He's probably got some blackmail uh, situation going on, but it makes no. It doesn't make any sense to me. But he must have pissed off all the wrong people within the organization, uh, or maybe the fact that the the Dodgers couldn't say, "Hey, you know what? We fucked up. Sorry, we made a mistake." And they had, you know what? We went down this road. We had to stick to our guns. We still don't think what you did is, is appropriate. And, and even though you did everything what you needed to do, we still got to go down our road and, and swallow our pride. And, and that's a mistake. And, it's a really big mistake. And they still have to go home to their wives at night. And the wives, are, the women are probably saying, I don't know how you can do this. How can you yeah. keep do you think, him? Do you think the women are giving a beating to their husbands with all this? I think they're talking shit. Like, I mean, can you imagine, like, the kind of backlash you would get from not just your wife, but all the women in your life, all the women in your personal life, if you were a Dodgers front office representative and you didn't cut Trevor Bauer? You have to answer to everybody. And at the end of the day, they probably are, you know – then this is just speculation, right? Like, that's just my thoughts, too, is, like, that goes into it. And then the other thing that goes into it is I saw the list. I saw this, the, the luxury tax list and the top five payrolls in baseball. And guess who's not on it this year, finally? No, we, us. Yeah, we're not on it. The Dodgers. Yeah. I'm not even saying us because I'm not even part of the team. I don't, I don't have a piece of the pie. But, yeah, the Dodgers organization. Here, here's my thing, though, Pat. This guy is through the sentence. He, he's missed, what, two years of baseball already? Yeah, I think so, at least. Okay, roughly, let's just, just round it up to two years. And yet, you're still going to pay $22 million for somebody else to, to you know, have him on, this, on the roster spot, and then he's going to beat you. I guarantee no, you, he's if not. he comes and beats All right, if, if whoever picks him up, and they have to play the Dodgers, and he's pitching against us, or the Dodgers, I should say, he's going to beat the Dodgers. He's not he's gonna say, he one day, gonna do it. I don't think he's that – I never – I never thought he was that, that good. He's a Cy Young award winner. And no, okay, yeah, <laughs> he had one good season, right? Like, I mean, well, your your boy Drew Pomeranz, he won the Cy, like he he won the Cy Young, you know, like that's like the Heisman to me, like it's it's not that it's not it's not, it's not what it used to be, all right? Like that's that's my opinion. I mean, the Cy Young is straight numbers, but I mean, you have one good season and you can win it. I. I would love, I would, in fact, I would love to see Trevor Bauer pitch against the Dodgers. And the last update for the Los Angeles Dodgers is they went vintage throwback and they signed or they traded for Miguel Rojas. Um, mm -hmm. 
and they traded away a prospect and um they needed that spot they needed an infielder um we don't have trey turner anymore so we needed a veteran infielder that you know that knows the system that knows the dodgers and to be honest with you um he's a he's a good good character he doesn't give any problems uh so you know he he knows the players like kershaw and it's it's exciting for the dodgers to to fill that gap um the prospect that they traded away i can't remember his name right now, but I hope to God he doesn't turn into the next, you know, phenom that the Dodgers regret trading away. But we need to win now. I mean, so we need players now. Um, do you, what? I mean, you just found out a few minutes ago about the the transaction. What were you, what What are your first thoughts about picking up somebody like Rojas? I mean, you mentioned it off the air that he's a he's a cheap goodbye. Um, I still think that it's ridiculous that we didn't even make an effort to keep Trey Turner, but that's a different subject for a different day. Um, you're right, we do need to win now, but is Rojas going to actually help? I, like only time will tell, right? We we don't know anything. It's all it's all it looks good on paper, but it's all about what's going to actually happen when the season comes, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, and we'll see. And you know, the season's coming up fast. You know, we got NFL playoffs, March Madness, and then baseball. So um, we have to shift gears now. So we talked about the heroes, we talked about the headlines, and we're going to shift gears to the scumbag of the night. And the scumbag of the night is the individual responsible for ruining your sports happiness. They could cost you a bet, cost you a victory in fantasy sports, or they can make the headlines for all the wrong reasons. Um, my scumbag of the night is none other than the head coach of the Chargers, um, NFL head coach Brandon Staley. Um, I don't know if you're aware, Andres, but Brandon Staley, you know, he played all his guys in a meaningless game on Sunday. Sunday, the Los Angeles Chargers were playing the Denver Broncos in the season finale in Denver. And um, Mike Williams, their star receiver, was taken off the field in a stretcher. So he was hurt. Um, obviously nothing too crazy. Uh, no, like nothing like uh, De- uh, DeMar Hamlin, but Mike Williams exited the game with an injury. Um, Bosa went down. Um, Bosa, their star defensive player went down with an injury. Um, Keenan Allen, their, their other star wide receiver played he's injury prone, but he needed the reps cause he missed so much of this year. And Justin Herbert, their start quarterback, played, which I think he, maybe he could have played just the first half or maybe the first series, kind of like a preseason game. And my whole point is that they should have treated this game, Andres, like a preseason game because it literally made no difference. If they would have won, they would still be, I think, the fifth seed. If they would have lost, they would still be, you know, the fifth seed. So, like, what is the point of playing these players if you are – nothing makes a difference. You are headed to – a road game regardless of what happens stupid stupid i even know about that i had no idea that you know he started everybody mike williams was already hurt earlier in the year uh, i know because he was on my fantasy football <laughs> team so he missed a couple games out um i'm glad you mentioned staley for being a scumbag the game is meaningless it doesn't affect anything whether you're moving up uh seeds or, or going down in, in the seating what you're risking your start players for no reason, and it's a shame that you you're gonna you're gonna lose a defensive end in Bosa, right? May he's not gonna be. I mean, the game's on Saturday. Okay, he's not gonna be 100, percent yeah. right? And, and Williams seems like he won't be playing at all. So you lose a weapon for Herbert, and then you're relying on Keenan Allen, you know, and Everett. So you have those two options. And what's gonna happen? Defense are gonna be strictly looking at those two players. And then what are you going to do? You're going to give it to the, to, uh, the little cannonball in the backfield? <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, he's a hell of a player. But the, but the game, everybody knows the game plan. So you have no other thing. So you're shooting yourself in the foot. And what did I tell you last week, Patrick? Who was going to win a, a first-round playoff game? The Jacksonville Jaguars. And guess who they play this weekend? The San, the San Diego, I'm sorry, LA Superchargers, who right now look like dead voltage right now. So... I don't expect them to, to go into Jacksonville and win this game. Jacksonville is coming off that high of beating Tennessee, uh, coming back to beat Tennessee, winning the AFC South, and now they got that momentum, right? And now they have a home crowd, and the defense looks to be a hell of a lot stellar than people are giving credit for because they shut down Henry last week. 
and you know got and got the victory on their backs because their offense kind of fell flat. But it's okay. Now they now they get the regroup. They got the extra day, and now they actually had an extra day, right? Because they played on what Saturday. So they have an extra day of rest. Well, it's they still play again on Saturday, so it's still seven days. No, because the Chargers played on Sunday. So they oh, they get day. an extra day on the Chargers. Yeah. yeah, they do. Correct. So then that's a big difference, right? Any 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 extra days you get in the NFL is, is plays dividends down the road. So to me, the San, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars has an easy road to you know easy home test against the uh, LA Chargers. So yeah, yeah. shame on Staley and and good for good for the Jaguars to you know be the benefactors of, of this horrific move uh, on the head coach's part. So who who is your scumbag? Oh wow, my scumbag is the TCU Hypno Toads that were they got <laughs> they got served up. Uh, Georgians ate up some uh, some frog legs on on Monday night. So to me, TCU got embarrassed. Got a, I mean, it, they shouldn't even have been here in LA. They should have just said, you know what, guys, here's a trophy. Congratulations on the season, Georgia. We're just going to stay home. We'll, we'll stay the college money and not send us out to L.A. for, you know, the flight over here. So, USC would have uh, given up a better – USC or UCLA would have given a better fight. Fuck, I think Wake Forest would have given a better fight, honestly. Uh, it wouldn't have mattered. It was just terrible. I mean, I feel like Charles Barton would be terrible. I mean, that game was just ridiculously – I turned it off at halftime. That's how bad it was. You, and yeah, the fact yeah. that they gave up 65 points, they didn't even play for pride. At that point, if I'm the head coach, I'm like, look, all my starters are out. I'm putting all my backups, and this is your test, and you're pro- you prove to me you're, you're uh, starting next year. Okay, This is your audition tape, and who cares at that point? And, in fact, if I were the head coach, Pat, I would have gone home right after the game rather than staying the next day in which Flores saw the team bus driving back to Texas. So I would have said, you know what? You guys stunk it up. You guys are terrible. Don't even show up and just go back home with your tails between your legs, you know, or your, your frog legs between your legs, and, and just call it a day. It was horrible. It was the worst national championship game ever in the history. I'm glad because it, it takes away from that horrible Notre Dame loss to Alabama fucking 15 years ago or however long. Oh, yeah. And then I'm yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm dating myself. Yeah. That's a team, but at least yeah. 10. 10 years ago. Uh, and, then, and then more importantly, they gave the most points in bowl game history. Not just national championship game, but in bowl game history. And especially the, the differential in scoring. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> just terrible. They didn't even make it a game. The first and a half, you could have gave them 35 points. It still would have made a difference. And just, they would not cover the spread. And I mean, Flores, congratulations to Flores on, on saying, predicting that Georgia was going to whoop that ass and beat him by 20 points or more. So, you know, it's, we, that, that's my scumbag. I, it's a good scumbag. I mean, it's a great scumbag. Obviously, you hit your bet with Georgia hitting the over, but then you lost your parlay, which you probably would have preferred for TCU to hit that parlay. Um, but at, at, at the end of the day, they are a Big 12 football team. And, like, I've always felt that like the Big 12 really has like no business competing for the net. Like they they just don't play defense. Like what team from I mean, the I mean back in the day look at Big 12, Oklahoma's always with the Stoops era. They they were And that's were that's be, but Nick Saban is the one that changed everything cuz now everybody's trying to keep up with Alabama, you know, because well, I mean Georgia's got back to back. There's something something that Nick Saban hasn't done in this college football playoff. So and how about- How about you know, the balls on uh, how about the balls on David Pollack? Did you see the um, clip that was I going around where David Pollack was sitting right next to Nick Saban and he's like, I gotta tell you, Georgia has taken over the college football um, landscape. They're the they're the top dogs, and Nick Saban was just sitting next to him like, you motherfucker. He's just gotta just gotta eat it, because he's right. I mean the fact of the matter is that he's right. Bama hasn't been been able to beat Georgia the last two years. Georgia, there's a reason why they're, they're back-to-back championship champions. I mean, well, let's get, look, there should be a new rule, too, in college football that if you're 25 and starting and fucking as a college football quarterback, you don't belong there, okay? <laughs> let's just get that out of the way because Spencer Bennett, the fourth or seventh or whatever he is in his family lineage, he's 25 years old. He's older than, like, six quarterbacks in the actual NFL. 
there should be a rule against that. This is like the Chris Winkie days back in the nineties. Like this shit's gonna stop. Look, you and I can go put pads. He'll probably win a national championship at thirty-five. They, there was like a the 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 meme or um, the meme going around or like the little tribute to him, and it's like never stop believing and then i'm like well fuck like never stop jumping through loopholes i mean that's that's what it should be i mean he 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 was like ducking shit dodging shit to get to be i mean 25 years old but i mean i mean i'm surprised he's not playing for byu honestly at this rate if i was an nfl team i would draft him late and just use him as my placeholder for all kicks that way the other team can just be mind fucked Every single time you go to kick and Stetson Bennett is the holder, you're just like, fuck, dude, what are they going to do? Are they really going to kick it? Because this guy's still a quarterback. And, you know, because they're saying he's not big enough, you know, to be a starting quarterback and that he's not strong enough to be a franchise quarterback. But, like, you know how they use the little fast guys in the MLB playoffs to steal bases? Like, he can be one of those players that is – used as a weapon and he holds all the kicks and you literally as a defensive coordinator have no idea what they're going to do because he can run it he can pass it or he can just hold it for a regular kick i would love to see it i would pay money to see that happen as a fan no matter where he ends up if it's like the fifth or sixth round and he's still on the board i take him in a heartbeat just so i can do that and cost fits for the defensive coordinators. That's my idea. That's my million dollar idea for the 25 year old Stetson Bennett. What do you think? I, I think it's a great idea, but <laughs> who's going to, who's going to pick him up? Denver Broncos? Who's going to, you know what I mean? Like what team is going to pick him up? Who, I mean, any team that likes cheap thrills. I mean, who, who needs, who, who, who's, who's going to suck next year, whether like, doesn't matter who they draft, like, you know, Who's going to suck? Just have them draft them. You know, like it'll be fun to watch. So those are the heroes and headlines. Those are the scumbags of the night. We have our picks of the week coming up. But first, as always, over the last few weeks, we got to do the Crazy Cavalier Kings College Corner coming up next. Are you guys ready for the most exciting week ever? I'm talking about College Corner Crazy Cavalier, Crazy Cavalier Gator right here. Gonna give you the picks of the week in the college basketball world. That's right, baby. It's another week. Last week I went two out of four, 50% on the year. I will never watch or pick Ivy League schools again because clearly I know nothing about it. I'm not that smart, so I went to LMU. And speaking about LMU, I'm gonna pick LMU with the points. They are underdogs of 13 and a half points against St. Mary's at 6 p.m. on CBS Sports Network. Why? Because I think 13 and a half is way too too many points to give. The LMU is playing really well this year, even though their record is 12 and six. Uh, they are they've won tournaments this year, small tournaments. They've been beat beaten big clubs uh, in Georgetown and other teams such as that caliber. But 13 and a half is way too many points. So give me LMU plus the 13 and a half. Uh, they won't win this game, but they'll make it close and definitely won't get blown out. Uh, next game for everybody and their mother to watch is the greatest game of the evening. The Gonzaga Zags Bulldogs, the number eight team in the country against the Mormons of BYU, the Cougars. Gonzaga on ESPN at 6.30, so you have to you know hit the clicker for two games, back-to-back games, and transfer over because... Gonzaga is six-point favorites, and I'm taking the Zags. Go Bulldogs. They better win. They've been sloppy all year, even though they're 14 and 3. I'm taking the Zags minus the six, so they'll cover that, no problem. And then we're going to go for a little late-night Pac-12 action. I'm going UCLA against the Utah Utes. This isn't college football. Utah ain't going to do shit. I'm taking UCLA minus the 12. They'll cover that, no problem. They're going to beat them up really badly and make them wish that they were Mormons instead of Utes. So I'm going to take UCLA, go Bruins, fight on Bruins, even though the fight on is for the Trojans, but fight on Bruins. Anyway, we're going to go Friday night. Friday night, Michigan State, the 
Chicago in Champaign. Champaign Chelsea is not here, but Champaign Illinois is here on Friday night, 6 p.m. FS1. Don't you forget about it. Illinois to win this game. I don't know what the spread is. They haven't announced it. Vegas is afraid. I guess it's too close to call. They're worried about the head coach at Michigan State. It doesn't matter. I'm taking Illinois, and that's the crazy Cavalier College Corner for the week. As promised, we are dedicated to covering all the best sporting events, but this week we're doing it from Thursday to Monday. So let's get right into it, Andres. Thursday night, it's actually a full slate of NBA games. At 4.30 p.m., we have the Boston Celtics taking on the Brooklyn Nets. And right now, it looks like um, Kevin Durant and oh, – so Kevin Durant is out for the Nets and Marcus Smart is out for the Celtics. Of course, this could all change um, come tomorrow. But assuming that both these guys are not going to be, um, you know, 100%, who do you give the edge to on Thursday night? And this game is at 4.30 p.m. Pacific time on TNT. You know, Pat, um, uh, I'd have to go with the Celtics. No Durant. I think it hurts Brooklyn more than anything else. Uh, Boston still has Tatum. So, you know, if they're not missing their star player, that gives them the advantage in, in this ballgame. The Celtics has already beaten the Brooklyn once already this year, 103-92 back in December. And I think this is going to be uh, the same story. I think uh, Boston single-handedly beats them. Uh, the spread is Boston minus three on the road. This game is in Brooklyn. Uh, I think they cover that. I don't see Brooklyn uh, managing uh, being close. I think it was by five or more, but that's just my prediction on that. You know what? I'm making my bull prediction. Do you accept that? They, they beat, you know what? I know it's double, so I say they beat them by six or more. Um, Boston wins by six or more. Correct. Of course. I'll, I'll accept right. that. Because, and, you know, yeah, it's pretty bold. But, you know, you kind of took the words right out of my mouth with the Kevin Durant thing. I feel like, you know, um, the, the Brooklyn Nets, them losing Kevin Durant, hurts the Nets more than the Celtics losing Marcus Smart. So that's at 4.30. Moving along to 7 o'clock. Now, this game is still on TNT, and it's the West Coast right here in Los Angeles. The Dallas Mavericks, Luka, your boy Luka, coming in, taking on the Lakers. And as, as it's slated right now, Anthony Davis, of course, is out. Um, LeBron James should be back um, to play tomorrow night. So... Uh, the Lakers, as I mentioned in the opening of the show, you know they've won four out of four out of their last five games. They've won. They were on a five-game winning streak until losing to Denver on Monday night. So they've had a few days off to rest. Um, the the Mavericks just lost last night to the Clippers. So with all that information I just gave you, and knowing that you hate the Lakers, who do you have winning this game tomorrow night? You know, it's tough considering that the Clippers beat Dallas uh, last night. I, if LeBron plays and is healthy, if Patrick Beverly plays and is healthy for this game, I think the Lakers win this game because Dallas right now is on a, on a two-game losing streak. I think they'll make it a three-game losing streak on the road. Um, but if neither... LeBron James and Patrick Beverly play, then it's going to be all Dallas all night, and Luka will have a triple-double. But we won't find out until tomorrow night, so, you know, that's the thing. I think Lakers win out if both of those players are available. If they're not, it's going to be Luka all day, every day, when their players are missing for the Lakers. So, I don't know, Pat, you're the Lakers fan. Do you feel confident in your Lakers to, to squeak out the W? Uh, I know that they are. They won five out of the last six, but do you I, see them winning. Well, yeah, I, I think that there's always a chance that they could win, but I mean, the Lakers are gelling and they're not very deep, and that's the problem. You know, you look at these contenders, and they have players coming off the bench that that you've heard of and that you know, you know, that have been around um, some good superstars in the past, and the Lakers they just don't have that. Um, I feel like if Patrick Beverly plays, like you said, and he can lock down Luka, or if they can contain Luka to less than like 30 points tomorrow night, I think they have a chance to win. If LeBron James scores 30 or more and Luka scores 29 points or less, then I can see this game going the Lakers' way. Um, they do have to guard 
Spencer Dinwiddie as well, the Dallas Mavericks. Um, he's an all-star candidate, all-star guy right now. The only reason why I know so much about Spencer Dinwiddie's numbers is because I have him on a fantasy team, and he's actually performing really well. So he's another offensive player that they have to account for. So the Lakers have to go toe-to-toe. Um, you know, with, with a team like Dallas offensively, and they have to, you know, shut them down on the defensive end. So it's going to take a lot for them to, to fill that gap and keep up with Dallas because Dallas, you know, as we saw last year, they can make a run very deep into the playoffs. You know, I just, I'm looking at a stat that Dallas is the worst team in the NBA uh, rebounds per game. So if the Lakers can you know, clean up the boards, I think that's going to play very big for the Lakers to get the victory, Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, on tomorrow night. But if they don't, and somehow, some way, Dallas just becomes not the worst team in, in picking up rebounds, then the Lakers have problems. So it's going to be an exciting Thursday night on TNT. I mean, I guess we can promise you that much. And we'll see how these teams do um, tomorrow night. Now, moving along to Friday, um, yeah, you know, it's it's the beginning of January and NHL hockey is in full swing and the NHL network on Friday night actually has a great game planned for everybody. So if, if you're not a hockey fan, this is actually a great way to see a future Hall of Famer, future legends, future sports legend, um, Sid the Kid Crosby. He's hosting him and his um, Pittsburgh Penguins are hosting the Winnipeg Jets. Now, the, the common praise that Winnipeg has had over the last few years on dress is that they're fast, you know, and Pittsburgh plays that hard nosed, you know, that they're, they're a grinded out team that can slow you down. So it's a good matchup. And um, you're more of the hockey expert than I am. What, what excites you about this game? Just looking at it. I mean, that's why they call them the Winnipeg Jets, right? Because of the team name, they're fast, they're, they're stealth. They, they can shoot, they can score goals. Uh, they're averaging three three goals per game, only giving up two goals per game, unlike Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh uh, defense is kind of faulty this year. They're giving up three goals per game. Uh, Pittsburgh, on the other hand, is dealing with a lot of injuries, Pat. I'm just looking at the lineup. They're missing Latang. They're missing uh, Yari, which is the goaltender. They're missing, another, they're missing uh, two defensemen, a right winger, and a center. Those, that plays down the line. You're talking about depth. Missing five players uh, through injury is going to hurt a team. So I'm taking Winnipeg. I think Winnipeg squeaks it out. I think they will win this game. Um, you know, they're, they're playing hot. They're playing much better hockey than Pittsburgh. They, Jets uh, have 26 wins compared to Pittsburgh's 21. So this is a team that wins in regulation. They don't really do uh, have many overtime wins. Uh, they only have one over one overtime win this year. And Pittsburgh has six. So to me, the Jets are the, on the superior team this year. But – Again, we don't expect to uh, to not see Pittsburgh in the playoffs. This is, um, it's still too early. It's only January, but as of right now, these are when the the teams that you know are supposed to do well, you know, do okay, and then later down the line, that's the team to worry about. But the Jets always strive early on, and then they fade out and crash and burn towards the end of the year. So I'm taking the Jets this week or on Friday night and uh, going going to win. I think they win. Uh, I'm going to say 5-4. Five, five, there you five, go. Four, five, four, this is a, you know, and for me, this is a goddammit game. You know why this is a goddammit game? Because I'm paying $6 a month for a sports package. And you know what's included in that sports package? NHL Network. So if I'm paying $6 a month for this sports package, there's no other games on 4 o'clock on Friday night. God damn it, I'm going to watch it. That's why it's called a God damn it game. So, I mean, it, I'm excited. It, it, Sid the Kid, I mean, if you got, if you want to get eyeballs on some good hockey, this is this is it right here. I mean, I know that a lot of people, like Flores says, bro, nobody gives a fuck about hockey. But Flores, pull out your Pittsburgh Penguins retro hat that we've seen you rock so many times because it's going down Friday night. And then again, Friday night, 7 p.m., the NBA the Denver Nuggets coming into Los Angeles, taking on the Clippers, and this is on ESPN, so you can easily watch this game. Um, the Clippers, Andres, have become your your team. I mean, they're you know you you don't really you know love them, but this is your team. If you had to choose a team in the NBA, um, yeah, are they gonna? Look what they did. They beat they beat uh, Dallas last night. They're looking good all of a sudden. They're, they're looking fly. 
I mean, they're not having the greatest of season. PG PG thirteen again injury. Uh, Kawhi is going to be out, I believe, again this this probably on Friday. Um, but you know, do they squeak out a win against the second best team in the West? Yeah, why not? Let me root against. Let me root for them. Why not? Yeah. Will they do it? Probably not. But I'm rooting for them. Um, Denver. We all know how I love the big man and, and uh, the Joker, Jokic. So this guy's probably going to post up a triple double. He's mm-hmm. averaging that all year. The guy's super consistent. If anything, I'm watching because of him because I want to see. I think he's a, one of the most dominant big men there are in the league this year, and in fact, all the league. Yeah, and he has been. He's a two-time MVP award winner. Is that correct? Yeah, but he's never won shit. That's all right. Don't worry about it. It's all about what's what's going on in the season. He probably won't ever win anything in Denver. Uh, you know, besides some weed, so he ain't gonna do anything in Denver. So at the end of the day, I'm seeing the Clippers. You know, don't film me now, Clips, and I think that they pull it out. Uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully this is a good game because, um, you know, there's there's really nothing else um, going on Friday night to close out your evening. So if this game is not competitive, then that'll be the time to hit your Netflix and uh, or your Hulu account and watch some television shows uh, with your lady. So um, that's that's the entertainment for Thursday and Friday. We do have Saturday, Sunday and Monday, but we will get to those games just after this. If you enjoy listening to the show, please subscribe to us on Instagram and Facebook. Just search Weekend Starts on Wednesday. You can keep up with all of our stories, all of our posts, and all of our predictions. Again, to keep up with all of our action and entertainment, Weekend Starts on Wednesday. This is the time in the NFL where legends are made, as they say, Andres. Playoffs are about to commence. The 2022-2023 NFL playoffs kick off this weekend, and it starts Saturday afternoon, 1.30 p.m. The Seattle Seahawks taking on division rivals, San Francisco 49ers, where the San Francisco 49ers are a 10-point favorite. You, my friend, have always been a Niner faithful through and through. You are a San Francisco 49ers fan, but you are slated to play. And there's your San Francisco 49ers sweater. You are slated to play a division rival in a one and done scenario. Are you nervous at all about that? Absolutely not. We're going we're gonna to cover the spread. We're going to win by at least 14 or more. Um, this is the, the time of year where we're super jelling. Defense is on fire. Bosa is just a beast. Unfortunately, he was he uh, was one one sack away from uh, tying the franchise record uh, during the regular season last week. But doesn't matter. We have too many weapons on offense. We have the, the hottest rookie quarterback I think of all time, if ever, with Purdy uh, looking real pretty in the backfield. So. I think this is, we got too many weapons. Who's going to defend Kittle? Who's going to defend uh, CMC? Who's going to defend uh, Ayuk? Who's going to defend, um, fuck, uh, everybody their mother, you know? You, you got uh, Eliza Mitchell, too. You got you got so many weapons. We No one's going to stop us. Except. Right? We, got, we got Warner in the, in the, the middle of the, the defense. You know, we, we've got too many, we got... Greenlaw, we we got too many players, right? This is this is not going to be a fun game to watch if you're a Seattle Seahawks fan. Uh, chop them up. We're going to have birds for lunch, and then that's it. That's it. Goodbye, Piquel, and hello, uh, you know, Super Bowl down the road for us. That's you, that's what I'm saying. You don't think uh, Pete Carroll can outcoach Kyle Shanahan? No, look, if anything, Kyle Shanahan will beat himself like he usually does, but that's not the case this year because I think uh, Purdy's going to be like, listen, coach, I got this. Just uh, you sit back and relax, okay? So this is the division. This is the division matchup, and I'm gonna go on record to say that yeah, I think the Niners will win because this is actually like a great introductory playoff game for Brock Purdy because it is a division matchup, um, and also the ten points though because it's a, it's a division matchup. I would actually take the points because. You know, I think Niners win, and I, I think that the Seahawks are able to hopefully keep it close for those 10 points. I mean, there's a lot of points for a playoff game. So, I mean, I, I would not bet 
the Seahawks to outright win, but I would take the points. Um, so we have a little bit of a difference um, in opinion when it comes to this game, but I still think, I mean, overall we agree that the Niners advance and they win on yeah, the I think, I think it's a fanboy for Geno Smith. I think it's really what it is. Let's not, well, let's he's, not beat around the bush. Well, all season he hasn't been Geno. He's been genius. That's the thing. Yeah, true. <laughs> but I mean, but, either... let's, not, let's, not, let's not forget though. You know, the, the two times that these guys have faced each other, what was the outcome? And the Niners demolished them, right? And the last. Well, the, the first time it was 27 7, so they beat them by 20. Yeah. And then most recently, 21 13, they beat them by 8. So, look, I think 10 is the, the perfect marker. Vegas knows what this is doing. And I think they, they cover that no problem. I mean, yeah, I mean, of course, I'm, I'm excited to see. I'm just saying, like, if I had to choose a bet, I would take the Seahawks plus the points. So moving along to Saturday night, 5.15 p.m., the L.A. Chargers going into Jacksonville, taking on the Jaguars. We already heard your um, take in the beginning of the show where you said the Jaguars have too much talent, they're too hot, and they're going to beat the Chargers. Anything you want to add to that? I mean, what's the spread? Uh, it's two. Uh, the LA Chargers minus two. That, uh, that's such a that's a backward spread in my eyes. I, I'm gonna go with Jacksonville money line. Give me the two points, just just to play it safe. Not that you'll need them, but Jacksonville will win this game. I think I'd be shocked. Pat, I will be completely in awe and shocked that Herbert gets away with winning one on the road against. Jacksonville and, and Trevor Lawrence. I think I think they win. I think the Chargers win. Um, I feel like, first of all, the Chargers going to the East Coast and losing, right? That's always a that's mm-hmm. always something that people talk about. But this game's gonna be at five fifteen. So like, that's two fifteen in the Chargers sure. in the Chargers' minds, right? So it's, it's so it's not that early. It's an afternoon game for them. And um, the Chargers releasing, you know, not releasing, but they started to roll out Joshua Kelly more, um, the running back out of UCLA. So you've been seeing a lot more of Joshua Kelly to end the season. And with Joshua Kelly and Eckler coming out of your backfield, I think that that's really going to help Justin Herbert adjust to not having, possibly not having Mike Williams. And uh, they do have that other receiver as well, Joshua Palmer. Um, he's, he's good. He's he's a, he's a he's a good receiver. So, if Joey Bosa plays, Chargers win. Is it? I'm sorry. Is it Nick or Joey? I get him confused. Uh, uh, Nick Bosa, I believe. I don't remember. But if the Bosa brother for the Chargers, if he plays, Chargers win. If he doesn't, I think Chargers lose. So that, that's what I have to say on the Saturday night game. Uh, moving along to Sunday, 10 a.m. Miami Dolphins taking on the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are favored by 13, and that is a lot of points, but they're not having to uh, – they don't even have Bridgewater. They're going to, like, their third-string quarterback. or I, I, Who does Bridgewater play for, Miami? Yeah. Yeah, so they're going to have to go to their third-string quarterback. I think Bills advance easily. What do you say? Yeah, I think it's 13. Yeah, they win – they handle that spread no problem without any issue. That's for sure. I don't. I mean, no Tua, no, you know, none of that. That's crazy. And and uh, Jimmy with the stats, and I'm, you know, hate to say it, I'm a horrible Niners fan, but it is. Uh, it is what did I say? Joey Bosa, right? Or Nick Bosa? I forget what I said. <laughs> I don't even it's know. Joey Bosa. For, it's Joey Bosa for the for the Chargers, and it's Nick Bosa for the Niners. So, you know, thanks Jimmy in the year, and uh, you know, I I, I bow my head to, in shame to know that I'm I'm not familiar with the. My own Bosa brother with the Niners, but Nick uh, Niners Nick Niners this, Nick Niners Nick. Yeah, right. Uh, with, you know, with the, with this uh, Dolphins team, man, I, I feel bad for them. I feel bad that they're not going to have a, a full strength team. Um, we saw what happened Miami in Buffalo just not not so long ago, and and the points that they're able to put up and making exciting. I think this is the complete opposite. I think they're gonna the Dolphins will freeze. Uh, in cold weather, and uh, the Buffalo Bills will definitely do their buffling and uh, just circle the wagons and, and beat them to oblivion. I think, uh, you know, Allen's going to have a standout game. He'll probably throw for over 300 yards. Uh, Diggs will probably have, you know, two touchdowns. And, you know, getting the tight ends knock some uh, some coverage, and they're going to be playing with heavy hearts. So 
I think uh, for Hamlin, I think they're definitely going to spank him and, and win by 20 points or more, Pat. Is it a bold prediction to say that um, Josh Allen sits out the fourth quarter due to a slacking? That he sits out the whole fourth quarter? Because they're killing the Dolphins by that many points. Uh, I'll take that. The whole fourth quarter? Sure. He doesn't play the fourth quarter. Oh, the whole? Oh. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Come on, either. No, not, not the whole, not the whole. Set a mark. Set a minute mark. You want to like what? Just part of the fourth quarter? Come on, anybody can predict that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I have a, I'm looking, I have a different goal. I have a different goal prediction because I, I, I don't know. I mean, okay, it'll, it'll be no. I got another one. We'll do that right now. One thirty p.m. One thirty p.m. The um, the Giants going into Minnesota taking on the Vikings. My bold prediction yeah. is that the Giants win by eight or more. That, yeah, I'll take that. If they, if they win this game, I think it'll be by a field goal. I'm rooting for the Giants because, I I mean, Kirk Cousins is just a choke artist every time in the playoffs. But um, unfortunately, I think Minnesota does win this game. I, I'd like to say otherwise and, and hope that they don't. But... Yeah, I'll take that. Eight points or more for the Giants? Sure. But I think Minnesota, unfortunately, wins this game, and the purple people eaters will uh, move on to the next round. And, 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 you know, you might want to ask me why, and the the, the reason why is because it, it's the, – the the Vikings have been solid all season. They've been so dominant. to be scrappy all year to you know to to make the playoffs and they needed to have had success towards the end of the season to to get into the playoffs and they're they're struggling as of late but the vikings give up a lot of points they i mean they've been prone to it so the giants can figure out a way and i tell me if i'm wrong andres but the the head coach for the giants i mean how how dope is he? Um, I mean, he's got a lot of balls. Let's call it, let's say it like it is, right? I mean, the fact that this guy's actually been on fire all year against the spread is more important. So I don't know what's the spread on the game. Like it's minus three to the Vikings. All right. Well, that's what I said. I said it'd be close in three. I don't see the morning by eight. But yeah, look, the guys. Are, I like the coach for for New York. You have to have a New York kind of attitude, a New York uh, bravado to, to to walk in there, and he's got it. I think he's got something for the. Sure. Brian Dable. Daniel Jones. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Daniel Jones is the answer, but you know, for, for the franchise later on in life. But you know, worry where that comes, and if uh, Barkley can stay healthy in the backfield, that's that's another thing to, to have in your back pocket. Guys. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you got Barkley, you got Jones running out of the backfield. I'm excited for this game. I don't even like the Giants. I'm a Cowboys fan, but I'm I'm excited to see Kirk Cousins choke, just like what you said. So that's my bull prediction. And with the the mentions of bull predictions, we have to announce that each bull prediction is worth seven points. The first to twenty one collects beer from the losers. Um, shout out to Flores. He hit his bull prediction from last week. He predicted that the Georgia Bulldogs would win by twenty or more. Um, and they certainly did that. So he's on the board with seven points. Me, you, and Champagne Chauncey were all at zero. So good luck to you, Andres. And um, the last game on Sunday, 5.15 p.m., the Baltimore Ravens going into Cincinnati, taking on the AFC champion, um, uh, Cincinnati Bengals. The spread is eight and a half. So it's, you know, it's not that close, but it's manageable. I personally think the Bengals blow them out. Um, no Lamar Jackson. Uh, the Ravens have been struggling this year off and on. They haven't been that dominant. So, I mean, with the offensive firepower that the Bengals have, I just don't see this game going any other way. Do you? Look, I, sorry, I, look, I know that uh, Harbaugh has the Super Bowl under his belt more so than Cincinnati side, but no, I, I expect Joey Big Dick Burrow to uh, handle his scandal and uh, obliterate these guys. Um, with Mixon in the backfield, again, too many weapons with Mixon and uh, Jamar Chase and uh, and Higgins, right? Yeah. I just uh, – and they got a good kicker too, McPhee, so 
Or McPherson. I, I just think that Cincinnati at home, they're, they, they're hungry. They want to get back to the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, and their, their biggest obstacle to get there is going to be KC. And that's gonna, probably going to be the matchup for the AFC Championship or possibly even Buffalo. But um, that's something we'll talk about next week or the week week later uh, with regards to who they'll be facing. But I don't see any problem for, for Burroughs. And I think you're right, Pat. I think they beat them by eight, more than eight points. And uh, it's not a game. Look, not having that playmaker and Lamar Jackson for Baltimore is literally the biggest thing. He's questionable. Uh, he's not going to even if he's he's not going to be hundred percent. Even if he does play. And and the Ravens backed into the playoffs. You know, they 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 won two out of the last five games. I mean, they're really hurting right now. And the Bengals complete opposite. They won their last five games. So. I'd be shocked if, if Baltimore pulls this off, but you know, it's, it's the NFL and it's a division matchup. So again, the nightcap on Sunday, I hope it's a good game. And the last game, this is actually something that's been very exciting. It's a Monday night game. The Dallas Cowboys going into Tampa Bay, taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers TB 45. I'm sorry. TB 12, it's 45 years old. Um, now he's, the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers round out the state of Florida um, for the first time in like 20 years. All three teams from Florida made the NFL playoffs, and that's um, that's exciting right there. So it, it is exciting. Look, look, I know you you've had this on your calendar. You circled it because you're a Cowboys fan. Um, but but it's Tom Brady, baby. This is this is his time of year. He's you know Mister. Mr. January, Mr. February uh, during this postseason time. So this is his, his world, and, and they're just living in it. Um, I don't see Dallas winning this game, Pat. I, I can't root against, and I definitely can't bet against Tom Brady. Why? Uh, why? Because he's the GOAT, baby. The guy is the greatest of all time. What do you mean, why? What does Dak Prescott got to show for it? How many broken ankles does he have to show for him to beat Tom Brady? It's not going to happen. Hey, you know... You let me run that team. I'll put in Cooper. I, I have I'll have Cooper Rush starting that damn game. Like let's fucking go. That's a quarterback. I, I like I Dak. I like Dak. I'm not gonna sit here and Look, be like, ah, oh, he's sending your resume but... tomorrow to ZipRecruiter. So be part of the college football playoff committee and then the head coaching job for the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, there's right? because they're... I think you have more brains than all of them combined, Pat. You. You gotta start running for president next next election. I mean, there's seven days in a week. I can do it all. We do the podcast on Tuesdays, Wednesdays we talk about college football playoffs, and then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday I manage the Dallas Cowboys. I, That's it. Very That's easy. It. Jerry Jones is loving you already. He's got a paycheck with your name written on it. And then on Monday I rest. Okay, so realistically though, what do you expect to happen for the Cowboys? Because are you are you saying with your heart or is this your head and your heart? No, nah, realistically. If this was, if there was any year to face Tom Brady in the playoffs, this is the year that you want to to play, right? I mean, he's he's only getting older. Um, his team is eight and nine. They they've won two out of the last five games. They're, they've been struggling lately, and the Dallas defense is is on fire, right? They're they're doing great. Leighton Van Der Esch, one of their defensive leaders for the Cowboys, he's questionable to return. If he returns, even in, in a limited role, that'll be great for the defense. I mean, the game's on Monday, so he gets an extra day to rest. I think the Cowboys could win this game with all these weapons that they have, but I think the the main thing that needs to happen is Zeke and Pollard need to run the ball a lot. They need to run the ball for a combined at least 50 times, at least 50 times, maybe 45 touches between the both of them. And the leading receiver for Dallas needs to be the tight end Dalton Schultz. That way it gets Prescott confident and he stays within himself. You know, he doesn't try to do too much. And Dalton Schultz reminds the fuck out of me. He, he reminds me so much of Jason Witten. So if, if they can just keep the game manageable, run the ball a lot, throw it to Dalton Schultz in close third down situations, and the defense upsets Brady and you get those videos coming out the next day of Brady yelling on the sidelines and doing what Tom Brady does when he's mad. I think the Cowboys have a chance. Um, Dak Prescott just needs to not try to do too much. And I'll tell you one thing, though, Pat. If the Cowboys are are winning in the fourth quarter by seven or less, I'd be fucking scared. I'm 
already, I'm, a, I'm already scared. But as a, as a, just, just hearing, just hearing that, I mean, like I, I see you shrivel up. As, no okay, but as a Cowboys, <laughs> as a Cowboys fan, I am loose. You're so, you have to be loose going into the playoffs every year as a Cowboys fan because you have zero expectations. You know they're gonna yeah. lose. You know they're gonna yeah. lose. It's just a matter of when, right? And I will not be satisfied until they win that trophy. And even if they do win the trophy, I'll still be mad because I would have been. I should be. Then this should have been their fucking third one in the last ten years. <laughs> you know what I mean? ESPN, so um, he's oh, not going to be God, calling that again. Joe Fuck, I mean Buck, great. <laughs> yeah. great. Oh, man. So that was the show. That's the 171st episode. Um, we hope that you enjoyed it. Um, our listeners, you guys, will always be our heroes. You will never be our scumbags. Have a great weekend. Um, if you're going to place any bets this weekend, good luck, and we will see you next week. <laughs>